Welcome to Shadow Life. On this episode of The Roman Files, the days rolled by in a blur of bloodshot eyes, drunken parties, pill popping days of hanging out with Benny, cruising downtown in his black Chevy truck, cold beer between their legs passing joints back and forth, ransacking his father's booze supply and drifting on top of floats in Benny's lagoon-themed pool as Roman's brain became desensitized from the new supply of pharmaceuticals Benny had procured. They were called quaaludes. Prescribed as a painkiller and Roman could certainly vouch for that, Benny told him to split them in two and only take half. Well, in Roman's mind, if half was a good high, then a whole lewd would be better, right? Roman fell in love with him. The Quaaludes were manufactured by Eli Lilly and Company, and these were stamped with the authenticity seal of top of the line. Roar 714 on one side and Eli Lilly on the other. After Benny had Roman thoroughly buttered up, just like a piece of toast, up one side and down the other, he laid out his big plan and asked for Roman's assistance. Look, all you gotta do is make like you're stealing it, right? Then take the damn thing on a joyride out in the boonies somewhere and torch the fucker. That's it. Benny's speech was slightly slurred, but that's okay because Roman's mind was slowly grinding to a halt. So everything seemed to be making perfect sense. Cool. Yeah, man. Let's torch that fucker. Roman is smiling at the idea of starting a fire. And then he pauses briefly. But I I don't know. Why why are we torching the truck again, man? I mean, I love it. That is an awesome fucking truck. I mean, I'd give my right nut to have a truck like that. I mean, what the fuck, dude? Roman's confused. In his head, he's thinking, You spoiled little shit. I fucking love that truck. And you want to torch it? Roman's mind wrestled with Benny's plan to try to make sense of it. It's for the insurance money, dude. I already told you. Don't you listen? You're just, you're too wasted anyway. Shut the fuck up. I can do it without your help. It's my old man. He won't let me buy a new truck. He said mine's just fine. Fuck him. I pay my own insurance, right? I'm getting a new truck with or without your help. Okay, alright man, whatever. I'll help, fuck's sake. I was just messing with you. Let's do it. Roman lit a smoke, leaned back on the float, stared up at the blue, blue sky. The plan was simple enough. Benny would be shooting pool down at Stan's, an airtight alibi with buku witnesses. Roman would show up an hour later in the parking lot and steal his truck. Drive it out into the sticks where he'd meet up with Miles, Roman's friend from school, that could be trusted to keep his mouth shut, especially for 500 bucks. Roman and Miles would torch Benny's truck and call it a night. What could possibly go wrong? Roman was no stranger to stealing cars. He had caught the driving bug early in life and nothing excited Roman more than slipping behind the wheel of a vehicle and going for a joyride. 
He boosted his first car by the age of 14. Mora's Mazda RX-7, but sneaking it in and out was starting to become a hassle. So he had begun to find easier ways to boost. You name it, Roman had stolen it. Trucks, vans, VW Beetles, station wagons, even an AMC Gremlin. Yeah, a Gremlin. As Roman and Miles got out of the truck at the specific location that Denny had picked, just down the road from the pool hall, he said one more time, Make sure y'all torch the shit out of her, all right? Roman gave Benny a thumbs-up sign, and then he peeled off, throwing red dirt all over him. Asshole! Roman yelled at the vanishing black truck. Let's get to it, Roman said, and they started walking towards Stan's pool hall. Twenty minutes later, they were approaching the parking lot from the heavily wooded side, and Roman scanned the area for anything or anyone that might interfere with his next move. Benny's black truck was parked towards the back, closest to the woods, and Roman didn't see anyone around. Roman and Miles stealthily made their way towards the truck. Inside his pocket, Roman carried a small pin-like device with a metal point on one end. Its purpose was to break car windows in case of an emergency, and Roman figured this counted. Out of habit, more than anything else, Roman tried the driver's door. Shit, it was open, dumb fuck. The plan was to break the glass and have fragments on the ground for the cops to see. Roman checked the ignition. Well, at least Benny had done that. He had taken his keys. It's kind of hard to explain to the insurance company that your car or truck had been stolen when you don't even have your keys. And you left the door unlocked. Roman grabbed the tool firmly in his right hand and then tapped the window. It shattered. With his free hand, he pushed the glass into the parking lot and brushed the rest of it off the driver's seat. Roman felt under the seat for the tools that he had hid there earlier, pulled out a large screwdriver and jammed it into the ignition, then tapped the handle with the hammer. Miles, seated in the passenger seat, was ready with the vice grips. Then with a quick turn that disengaged the locking mechanism, Roman cranked up the truck. That ride out to the designated spot where Miles had his car parked was just about 15 minutes away, and Roman made sure to make the most of every mile. By the time the two car thieves arrived at the location where they planned to torch the truck, it was in pretty bad shape. Roman had hit just about every small sapling, tree, guardrail, brush, and sign he'd seen. Miles took out a can of lighter fluid and started pouring it all over the interior, the seats, the dashboard, and even some down in the engine. Roman pulled out a flare they had grabbed from the emergency roadside kit behind the seat and then struck a flame. Whoosh! A huge ball of flames erupted, scaring the shit out of them. Within a minute, the truck was engulfed completely. Roman jumped into Miles' car and they drove back to the Texaco. Weeks passed and no news of Benny's truck getting replaced. Roman was getting nervous. He thought Benny might collapse under the pressure from his father, the police, and the insurance claims adjuster investigator. 
That would not be cool. He had pounds and pounds of weed stashed under his bed at Aunt Mary's. If the cops ever searched the Texaco, shit, no telling how much they'd find there. Then one day, a routine traffic stop changed it all. A state trooper had pulled over a semi-truck at a way station on the interstate exit by Branch Creek. Upon inspection, the troopers discovered behind a faux wall of toilet paper 35,000 pounds of weed, bales and bales of grass, probably en route from Miami to the drug corridor of I-95 in the Northeast. It was the biggest drug bust in the county, ever. Not having much experience with seizures that large, the local authorities did a piss-poor job of securing the load. They thought that by locking the trailer up behind a 10-foot fence at the way station would be sufficient deterrent to wannabe thieves. Oh, how they underestimated the local criminal population of Branch Creek. When the sun rose the following day, law enforcement found less than 15,000 pounds remained inside the trailer. Evidence was strewn about all over the place, leaving a trail of ganja from the back of the trailer doors into the thick pine woods behind the way station, where fresh four-wheel drive tracks were evident everywhere. There was so much pot on the streets of that small town, the prices plummeted, and the usual suspects, like Charlie, found it nearly impossible to distribute his product. Roman learned firsthand a valuable lesson in business economics of supply and demand. As local law enforcement brought in help from the federal level and DEA agents swarmed the area Looking for those responsible, Roman thought it was high time he went home to Chicago. He had the perfect excuse, after all, as Maura was planning on getting married to John, and she desperately wanted Roman to be there, if at all possible. I'll be happy to send you money for a bus ticket, she told him. Thanks, but I think I'm going to fly this time, Roman replied. I've got some money saved up. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Big Shot. As Roman put his plan into action, two things happened simultaneously that changed everything. One, Benny had ratted on Roman and Miles. Benny's father knew the bullshit story his son was trying to sell him was an out-and-out lie. His fatherly instincts knew that Benny was behind the whole thing. After pressuring his son to spill the beans, Benny sang like a canary. Then Benny's father contacted Aunt Mary, who called Danny and Donnie, and they searched Roman's room looking for the $500 Benny had paid him, but instead discovered pounds and pounds of marijuana. Danny took possession of the weed and told Mary he'd have it destroyed, but for all Roman knew, he just sold it back to Charlie. There's no way to know for sure. After much yelling and pointing fingers, hand-wringing and prayers, it was decided it was time for Roman to leave. Donnie was driving Roman to the bus station headed back to Chicago. Then all of a sudden, Donnie pulled over and started punching Roman in the face. He screamed at Roman what a piece of shit he was 
endangering their lives, bringing drugs into mama's house, risking everything. And for what? All that they've done for him, Donnie and Danny and Mary had, wham, wham, the fist slammed into Roman's head. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Roman cried. Not another word was spoken for the rest of the trip into town. As Roman looked out the Greyhound bus window, watching his foster town recede in the distance, he cursed his life, his poor choices, and then he felt the white-hot tears rolling down his face of shame. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like the Trevor Project and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation.